back. We are for another exciting edition of the show that's all about the South. This is y'all talk with a Southern accent with your host, John Rawl. Our number, 803-816-1170. Our website, y'all.com. Our social media connections out there. If you're on an iPad or perhaps you have an iPhone or another smartphone, check out the apps that you can add like iHeartRadio, Apple Podcast, and the TuneIn Radio apps. All go on there. Just All you have to do is search for Y'all Show. And our little show about the South is available free of charge. And you can download it each and every single day so you don't miss out on one second of the All Southern Program. And, of course, you can connect to us on Facebook at The Y'all Show on the y'all.com page and our website again, y'all.com. Up on today's Y'all Show, we've got plenty of headlines coming from across the southeast that we want to get to you in just a few minutes, including, hey, a look at the best school districts in the country, and we've got a couple of southern school districts that have made the list. So you'll want to stick around, especially if you're a parent and you want to know where your child where their district might be, well, we've got at least the top 50 districts in the country that we're kind of paying attention to, and we'll relay our southern school districts when we get to that point. But Uncle Bubba has passed away, the brother of Paula Dean. We've got the news coming from Savannah, Georgia on that. Also, we've got some information at the end of the headlines that will make you feel good about little boys and little girls of the South. They've done some great things here in the last couple of days. We'll share that information in our look at the headlines across the South, so don't miss out on that. Plus, hey, if you want to go to live in the Washington, D.C. area, Washington, D.C. area and you specifically want to live on the Virginia side of the border, you want to buy a house, I got news for you. That area is the most competitive housing market in the country, and we've got some information on that we'll share with you in just a little bit in our headlines on today's y'all show then we'll have our southern political report there's a new book out called the long southern strategy and we'll actually give a little feature a little little love about that book that we'll share with you here on today's y'all show this is a book that's been out three four months talking about the republicans and their connection to the south as political strategist angie maxwell has helped co-write this book she works at the university of texas and she co-wrote this with todd shields and we've got an audio interview that that she recently did that we're going to share with you and that's coming up in our political spotlight plus over the weekend presidential contenders bernie sanders and elizabeth warren one from vermont one from massachusetts they found themselves in georgia over the weekend speaking at the black church pax youth leadership conference in the atl and we're going to go listen to a little bit of the conversation that these two presidential contenders and u.s senators had with the black church pax youth leadership conference and that is in our y'all political report coming up in just a few minutes in the second hour of today's show we'll get it going with sports lanyap got a lot of college football news to pass along including the brand new ap top 25 and history has been made at least for the team atop the ap top 25 teams of college football so we've got that information coming the oklahoma sooners have announced their starting quarterback no surprise there but we'll tell you what the news out of norman is and we actually will tell you about the revival of a college golf program at an hbcu 
and an NBA superstar is to thank for that addition. And back to football, we've got a list of the Sunbelt Conference's preseason All-America or All-Conference team. We've got that coming in our sports headlines of today's show. And then we'll tell you who the 30 contenders are at this weekend's Tour Championship at Eastlake in Atlanta, the top 30 golfers that will be kind of competing for the big payday. We'll let you know who all that is in our sports land yep, at the start of the second hour. And then we'll move on to the Barrister Bodacious Barbecue. He's going to weigh in on college football to get his conversation going as he kind of keeps his eye closely on the Big 12. We'll find out what he thinks of the conference there. And also we'll think we'll get at what he thinks about pork as we're going to continue pork talk with the Barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, Matt Hermans. Part three of Pork Talk, and we're going to have him give us some pointers on cooking bacon, and also we'll have him discuss a little bit more about some of the other pork options at your local butcher shop. All that coming up in today's Y'all Show. Now, is that not one heck of a lineup? You betcha. Okay, looking at headlines from across the Southeast. Remember back in 2016, that awful oil spill that ended up screwing up gasoline supplies along the East Coast for at least a week or two? Gas prices went out of control for a while. And Georgia-based Colonial Pipeline Company has now sued an Alabama contractor over a spill that threatened gasoline supplies back in 2016. The pipeline operator contends faulty work by the Birmingham-based Seco Pipeline Services caused a crack that spilled at least 250,000 gallons of gasoline in rural Shelby County, Alabama, back in December, or September of 2016. And that spill shut down a major pipeline that goes along the eastern corridor from Alabama into Georgia. And it really screwed up the gasoline supplies along the eastern seaboard. The pipeline carries fuel from Houston all the way to metropolitan New York. And with their headquarters in Alpharetta, Georgia, Colonial Pipeline filed a federal lawsuit Friday seeking an unspecified amount of money. Seco Pipeline Services has not filed a response in court. So we'll find out. And hopefully, we hope those kind of spills and kind of interruptions in the pipes of in the supply line of our fuel does not happen that was that was absolutely horrible and this colonial pipeline transports an average of 100 million gallons of refined petroleum products daily through a system that includes more than 5500 miles of pipeline and just one little hiccup as we saw back in 2016 can really cause a major problem throughout the entire country but especially for all of you who lived in Georgia and the Carolinas, all the way up the eastern seaboard. I was living in Georgia in 2016. I can tell you how screwed up it was where people ran out of gas constantly, their gas stations for about four or five days. It was really kind of a scary thing. You had to be very, very careful if you had to go anywhere. And a lot of people canceled idea uh, their idea of traveling at that time. So Uh, more legal ramifications coming from something from several years back let's go to springville alabama a high school graduate there does not appear in her yearbook after wearing a tuxedo top for her senior portrait instead of the black drape female students usually wear holly geralds tweeted that she was left out of the springville high school yearbook because i'm a lesbian who wanted to wear a tux instead of a drape and the 18-year-old paid $25 and posed for her senior class portrait, but the yearbooks delivered just last week. Lister has not pictured with her name misspelled. She said she doesn't want to cause trouble and just wants people to be educated. 
She tells a local media outlet that life is hard enough. Do what makes you happy. The principal apologized. St. Clair County Superintendent Mike Howard said the yearbook page will be reprinted and policies will be reevaluated. If they didn't want her to pose in a tuxedo, they shouldn't have allowed her to pose, period. Does that make sense? Or let her pose and deal with it. But still, to kind of come out with a lie like not photo, not available or whatever they said there, kind of silly in Alabama. Governor Ron DeSantis traveled overseas here in the last couple of days. He went all the way to Israel. And while he was there in Israel at the Western Wall, he prayed for no hurricanes this year. He said that when he visited the Western Wall, he followed tradition by sticking a slip of paper with a written prayer in between crevices of the ancient structure and the governor revealed earlier this week that his prayer said good lord spare us hurricanes this year he recounted his prayer and fort myers money while announcing a federal reimbursement request that could provide the sunshine state's communities with 150 million dollars in relief from the cost of cleaning up after hurricane irma in 2017 the request is awaiting approval from a white house well governor we hope your request of no hurricanes in florida which is a pretty big request since florida has so many options for hurricanes to land i hope your prayer is answered and i hope regardless all of our southern coastline and all of our american coastline is spared the easiest of easy falls here with hurricanes we could sure use a break here after a tough couple of seasons of hurricanes a company from new mexico has been chosen to build part of a border wall in texas on the texas texas and mexican border this albuquerque based company has been awarded the 80 million dollar contract and it is going to be that uh, southwest valley constructors has been chosen by the u.s customs and border protection to build an 11 mile stretch in hidalgo county texas cbp officials said the new portion will be similar to the previously constructed levee wall which was built in that area back in 2008. That piece included lights, cameras, and other technology. Construction for the new portion of the border wall in Texas could start at the end of September. But again, it looks like more and more of the border wall between Texas and Mexico going up. And here, a New Mexico company being chosen to build this portion in Hidalgo County. If you're a Mormon, you might want to listen up, as here in the South... Of course, we have sweet tea and all other kind of soft drinks that have plenty of caffeine in them. Well, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has issued a warning to members that coffee is prohibited no matter how fancy the name, that vaping is banned despite the alluring flavors, and that marijuana is outlawed unless prescribed by competent doctors. The new guidance in the August issue of a church youth magazine does not include fundamental changes to the religion's strict health code, but the clarifications are significant and seem to reflect growing concern about young LDS adherents to the rules. The article says it aims to clear up issues that could be confusing for young people within the religion's world of wisdom, a set of rules about what foods and drinks are good for members and what substances they should avoid. The rules prohibit alcohol, tobacco, illegal drugs, and coffee, and tea. They are based on what church members believe was a revelation from God to founder Joseph Smith back in 1833. The faith's rejection of coffee has long generated curiosity and more than a few jokes, including a scene in the biting satirical Broadway musical called The Book of Mormon, where dancing cups of coffee appear in a 
missionaries nightmare. So I guess tea is not something you're going to find all that often in Mormon country, which would be Utah and the surrounding states like Arizona and more. But hey, if you're a rebellious Mormon, maybe you can find some tea out there that would be to your liking. And my goodness, of course, I had no idea coffee was a no-no in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But you got to admire the LDS Church and their philosophy on this kind of stuff. And look, I know that I've seen plenty of shows about Utah having a drug problem, just like every other state. And man, they have had a lot of problems with depressants being used by kids and young adults out there and all other types of drugs. And that area, just like the entire country, has really struggled and, of course, the Mormon youth outside of Utah, of course, have had the, I guess, temptation to try things like that. So we wish them the best. And my goodness, as a conservative Southerner, I love the fact that the church is kind of against some of the stuff like marijuana. But, man, LDS, come on. you got to like sweet tea. I, I think I think maybe you should revisit that one or else we're going to have a long time here in the South and uh, I'm okay with you not liking some of the other choices like really strong coffee but you got you got to like our tea come on now how about this story coming from Beaufort South Carolina an elementary school there is now reopening for the first day of school despite a smoldering toxic fire and a 50 foot trash pile that's going on at a nearby recycling center Beaufort County School District in South Carolina decided to open Okatee Elementary as scheduled this week, it says a sensor at the school shows the air is safe despite the ongoing blaze less than a mile away at the site known locally as, <laughs> and there's no other mountains around Beaufort, South Carolina. Uh, Trash Mountain is the nickname of this place. Teachers say it smells like burnt rubber inside the school and it is going to open up and the kiddies will have to just hold their breath when they go into Okadee Elementary and try to get a little education going on in the low country of south carolina no more excuses there to miss out now thanks to niche.com we have the list of the best school districts in the entire country and we've got some of our good southern school districts listed in this and if you'll bear with me i'll start in the top 50 of the best school districts in the country and rattle off some of our southern school districts that just happened to make the cut and be in the list at number 46 it's madison city schools that is in the huntsville area in madison the town of madison and alabama number 46 in the country according to this article out on the web right now a lot of schools in illinois and such but we have a texas school checking in at number 38 in mercedes texas the south texas independent school district comes in at number 38 congratulations there to all of y'all in the great state of texas for that and another texas school district made it at number 33 the carroll independent school district which is in south lake texas again coming in at number 33 in this listing of great school districts in our country another alabama school district checks in at number 24 it's the mountain brook city schools in mountain brook alabama just right beside birmingham and a great job there coming in at number 24 way to go mountain brook and the area there of birmingham and jefferson county alabama and that is number 14 is the school district of clayton in clayton missouri 
number 14 in the best school districts in America from niche.com. And at number 11, another Texas school district, the Eanes Independent School District in Austin, Texas. And they're right there at number 11. And that may just be the end of our school districts in the South. And this listing is number three is the Great Neck Public Schools, Great Neck, New York. Number two, Vernon Hills, Illinois is number two. And number one, Glenview, Illinois, Glenview High Schools, District 225 is the number one school district in America, according to niche, N-I-C-H-E dot com. If you want to learn more, go there and find out where your school district ranks if you have an extra couple of seconds. Well, this is the Y'all Show. We've got more headlines from around the country to get to. You don't want to miss out on the fun, including at the end of the headlines today. We'll tell you about an amazing girl and an amazing boy that we're going to give a lot of attention to. This is Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. We'll be right back. Blue Star Medicated Ointment gets five-star reviews from our loyal users for fast relief of the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. Blue Star soothes insect bites and fungal infections. It really works on the summer rashes I get every year. I had psoriasis on my elbows. Blue Star worked wonders. Amazing stuff. Smear a bit on and the itch is gone. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. This is a cow. A cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. That's why Vistaprint is offering 500 truly personalized business cards starting at $9.99. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company. Or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. Get 500 business cards starting at $9.99 with promo code 8282. That's promo code 8282 at vistaprint.com. Vistaprint. Own the now. This is Shaq for Icy Hot, and I got a few words about pain. See, pain thinks it can overpower you, overwhelm you, but it obviously doesn't know you. You're not backing down from pain, because Icy Hot's got your back. Icy to dull pain, and hot to relax it away. So you can get back to running, throwing, kicking, swimming, cycling, crossfit, you name it. Because pain does not get the final word. You do. Icy Hot. Rise from pain. Use as directed. Just a few years ago, Mozambique's Nyasa National Reserve in southern Africa was a danger zone for elephants. Organized gangs of poachers took them down by the thousands for their ivory tusks. Conservationists and governments got together to eliminate poaching. Today, Nyasa hasn't lost a single elephant in more than a year. With your support, we can keep places like Nyasa safe. Find out more at 96elephants.org. Continuing on with headlines, this is the Y'all Show with John Rawl, talk with a southern accent, and the brother of Paula Dean, Bubba Hears, has died at the age of 65. He left behind his landscaping business to help his celebrity sister grow her Savannah restaurant business as she rose to fame back around 2002. And Paula Dean emailed a statement out on Monday saying Bubba was the greatest brother who was loved by so many people. We will miss him dearly. He died last week at the age of 65 from a battle with pancreatic cancer. 
He was named Earl Wayne Hears after his father and nicknamed Bubba since childhood. Like Paula, he grew up in Albany, Georgia, in southwest Georgia. And by 2000, Dean was a single mom who had moved across the state over to Savannah, and her business selling bag lunches had been doing really well, and she opened a small restaurant called The Lady and Sons in Savannah's downtown historic district. And that's when he was able to go over and help her in her effort to launch her business. And she did that. In fact, in 2003, four, somewhere in that time period, she opened up Uncle Bubba's Savannah Seafood. And again, he helped her in Savannah with her great operation. And with her financial backing, he opened Uncle Bubba's Oyster House in 2004, overlooking the marshes east of Savannah. And he published his own cookbook a couple of years later. So these two very close and unfortunately, again, after a battle with pancreatic cancer, Bubba Hears, the brother of Paula Dean, has died in Savannah at the age of 65. If you are having to relocate to our nation's capital and you want to buy a house, let's say in Arlington or nearby Alexandria, Virginia, well, guess what? You're going to be having to pull out a few extra pesos because a real estate firm has named Arlington County and Alexandria in Virginia as America's two most competitive markets for potential home buyers. This comes from Redfin. Redfin looked at markets across the USA to determine the highest number of competing offers and waive contingencies, how quickly homes are going under contract, and for how much above list price. Arlington County and Alexandria in Virginia both scored 96 out of 100 meaning both are where potential buyers are facing the most intense competition anywhere in the country. Redfin points at Amazon's HQ2 as one of the factors boosting the two markets, which are closest to the tech giant's future site at Crystal City, right across the Potomac from Washington, D.C. Some sellers are still going to hold on to their homes and wait until it becomes a more concrete reality in the hopes that they will get more money This has led to the shortage of homes for sale, that from a local Redfin agent in the Washington, D.C. area. Homes sold in July in Arlington County were on the market a median 11 days and a median 14 days in Alexandria, a week less than a year ago, and well below the 27-day median for the D.C. metro area. So, yeah, it's not an easy thing there in the home buying business. I don't have a report, though, on the price. I would think because it's right there in D.C. Remember, the whole area around Washington, D.C. is the only part of the country who has not suffered in the last decade while everybody else has had some kind of setback financially. The nation's capital, man, have they benefited big time, those son of a guns. (laughs) But yes, if you're in the home buying business, beware in Arlington and Alexandria. Virginia. Speaking of real estate, the New Orleans Superdome is going to be renovated before the Super Bowl returns in 2024, and it'll be getting a $450 million facelift before it hosts that next Super Bowl. Upgrades to the 44-year-old stadium are part of Governor John Bell Edwards' ongoing negotiations with the NFL Saints, aimed at keeping the Saints in Louisiana and New Orleans for another 30 years. State officials on the Bond Commission approved the financing plans without objection Thursday. The vote sets in motion the improvements to the spaceship-like Mercedes-Benz Stadium, Superdome, whatever it's called. I think it might be changing its name because I don't see anywhere in here where it has Mercedes-Benz. I haven't seen that here in the store yet. 
but uh, it wouldn't surprise me. It's kind of been confusing the last two or three years with the Superdome having the Mercedes brand, and of course Atlanta's new stadium has it's called Mercedes Benz Stadium, and both of those teams are rivals, and they both play in the NFC South. So you'll see for Saints fans a pretty much improved Superdome, whatever the name is going to be over the next couple of years, and. Maybe they'll even have to move a game out of there, maybe to Shreveport or somewhere like that, if they have to undergo some construction. If you want to do something really fun in the Avondale area of Birmingham, hey, go check out Alabama's first cat cafe. It is open. Gato's and Beans Cafe opened on Third Court South last month. The coffee shop has a room dedicated to cats and kittens that are available for adoption as the animals come from the Kitty Cat Haven and Rescue Animal Shelter in Hoover. Customers can pay $10 for a drink and one hour to spend with the cats or enjoy watching the cats through a window while enjoying that cup of joe. The owner says the cafe is off to a very busy start and customer feedback has gone great. Uh, one person said, everybody's so nice, and everybody that has been in there has had a fantastic time. Adoption fees for the cats benefit Kitty Cat Haven and Rescue, and they're already planning to open up a cat patio in the future. They better have a pretty high wall there so none of those cats go running around that area of Birmingham. Gators and Beans Cat Cafe is open every Thursday to Friday. Customers should not bring their own cats. To learn more about that, you can go to their website, Gators and Beans, located at 4344 Third Court South in Birmingham. But that is news to me, a cat cafe. And again, they're not welcoming you to bring your own cat, nor certainly bring your own dog in there. It's where you can go have a cup of joe and see felines running around having a good time and perhaps giving you an opportunity to adopt one. That is a a touching story here on a Tuesday. All right, let's go to Florida where a man, speaking of pets, I don't think he was looking forward to seeing this. When he opened his front door there in Florida, a kinkajou ran in and bit him. And this happened in Lake Worth Beach, Florida. And this rainforest raccoon-like creature ran into this apartment bit the man as he opened the front door to head to work and the kinkachu bit his foot and scratched his leg but didn't seriously injure him that's great news as a woman who witnessed the incident at the lake worth beach apartment said it sounded like a 300 pound man was tackling him in the kitchen and the furry animal had sharp claws clung to the man's leg as he fought to get it out and luckily the man managed to lock the long-tailed animal in the bathroom until wildlife officers arrived the kinkachu was taken into custody into a wildlife facility. They didn't know where it came from. I hope, just like the snakes of South Florida, this is not an invasive creature that we're going to see more and more of. I would not have wanted to witness that like that woman did and have the man have that thing bite him like it did, luckily not seriously injuring him. But a kinkachu, one more problem we got to deal with coming out of Florida, and maybe that was a rare case there. Here's some good stories coming from our youngsters of the South and nation. A girl has sent an apology letter to the Great Smoky Mountains National Park after she took some rocks from it. What a sweet thing from this young girl. And her name is Karina. The girl had a great trip to the Smoky Mountains, but she left feeling a little guilty after taking home what she called a a souvenir. And she hand wrote a note that said the trip there to the Deep Creek was awesome. I especially like Tom Branch Falls. I loved it so much I wanted to have a souvenir to come home with me, so I took a rock. 
I'm sorry, I want to return it, and here's a donation from Karina. And she visited Deep Creek and took home this rock. And again, I guess it got to her, and she realized that she needed to uh, return it, return to center. She mailed the rock back. It even included a donation with her letter and a drawing of her favorite spot. So I don't know where Karina's from. I, I guess it was an anonymous letter going back to the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. But a sweet thing and, and a good thing that she did that. And I'm sure we all know that this rock going back to the Great Smoky Mountains National Park will be there for generations to come as long as more people like Karina don't come take it temporarily at least. Here's another good story coming from a youngster. This is from a boy up north, up in Ohio. As a youngster there, he decided to help out and raise some money, and he raised $15,000 from his earnings at the Huron County Fair. He's a seventh grader, and he decided that he was going to take his earnings and give it to St. Jude Children's Research Hospital in Memphis. Now, is that not a great thing for seventh grader Diesel Pippert as he donated all of his livestock premiums there at that fair to the St. Jude Children's Research Hospital in his large animal cell. And again, his donation of $15,000 will help to cure young children and save lives. And Western Reserve Schools, the district that he's a member of, put a tweet of him and his donation there at the fair. And they put, Diesel, you are a hero. And what a great thing there by this seventh grader from Ohio helping out St. Jude in Memphis. And that'll wrap up our stories. What a feel-good way to wrap up our headlines today on the Y'all Show. When we come back on Y'all, we've got a look at Southern politics. We've got a new book to tell you about called The Long Southern Strategy. Plus, we've got some audio from presidential contenders Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. They were in Georgia over the weekend, and we'll let you know what they were saying. That's ahead on our Southern Political Report on the Y'all Show. This is a cow, a cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair, but cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. That's why Vistaprint is offering 500 truly personalized business cards starting at $9.99. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. Get 500 business cards starting at $9.99 with promo code 8282. That's promo code 8282 at vistaprint.com. Vistaprint. Own the now. Blue Star medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalp itch. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. 
Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. Up boots and faded jeans, a homemade sandwich, a half a jug of tea, the average Joe, the average pay, the same old end, the same old day. But there's nothing wrong with a hard hat and a hammer, kind of glue that sticks this world together. Hands of steel and cradle of the promised land. God bless the working man. Greetings, friends. This is Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. We continue on with the show that's all about the South. This is our Southern political report here on this Tuesday, y'all. And we start out our headlines coming from a guy that has been both a governor and a congressman, and he's been in the good side of the ledger, and he's been in the bad side of the ledger. We're talking about Mark Sanford of South Carolina. He is seriously considering a run at President Trump on the Republican side, a primary perhaps coming for President Trump from this guy who, remember, as governor, he went off on a trail, supposedly, but ended up being caught in an extramarital affair. And this was after he had served in Congress, was governor, and then went back to Congress representing Charleston. But last year, he lost his bid to be reelected as a congressman. And then the Republican that beat him out in the primary, she lost to a Democrat in the general election. So that congressional district, the first congressional district in South Carolina, is now represented by a a Democrat for the first time in decades. And now this governor, former governor and former congressman, Mark Sanford, says that Donald Trump has taken the country in the wrong direction and does not deserve to be reelected. He said this on Sunday on Meet the Press, and he is seriously considering a Republican primary bid against the president in 2020. And I know I saw Lindsey Graham of South Carolina speaking about this the other day. I think you'll see Sanford come out and and kind of challenge the president and sanford if nothing else is a budget hawk he doesn't like the fact that the republicans are letting the president and the administration get away with a lot of spending and that's probably a lot of the reason for sanford coming out for this this week on meet the press now of course sanford's a republican and the republicans are the dominant party in our 16 southern states And there is a new book out called The Long Southern Strategy, How Southern White Women Drove the GOP to Donald Trump. It's penned by political scientist Angie Maxwell, and she also has another writer in Todd Shields helping pen The Long Southern Strategy. Now, she is a professor at the University of Arkansas. And again, this book is something that looks at how the anti-feminist movement and the Baptist Church drove the GOP to the right. And you'll see much more about that when you read and learn more about how this book explains why Trump is not such an anomaly after all, but rather the culmination of where the GOP has really been headed for the past 50 plus years. 
As Maxwell said, I gave a series of lectures the year before the election called the inevitability of Donald Trump, but even she thought Trump would make it no further than the Republican nomination. And again, this is a book out looking at the Southern women in the South and their role in making the GOP the force that it is. We've got an audio clip here of her talking about a book, and we want to go in and listen to that right now. Again, it's author Angie Maxwell talking about her book, The Long Southern Strategy. In 2008, when Hillary Clinton was challenging Obama for the nomination on the Democratic side, and of course, when Obama gets the nomination, you know, we spent most of our time as political scientists trying to figure out like what the what we call the Bradley effect would be on Obama, which is how much would his racial um, ethnicity kind of cost him among voters? So people who probably should vote Democrat based on their policy positions, but who just won't pull the lever in the privacy of the voting booth for an African-American candidate. But what we didn't talk about, and mostly because Clinton didn't get the nomination that time around, is if there would be a similar kind of Bradley effect on gender. So I started digging into what scales are out there for social scientists. And it's the psychologists who've really used modern sexism And it's a huge battery of questions. And so in 2012, I picked five questions that I thought really spoke to political kind of ambition or a female candidate and asked them in a 2012 national poll I run and again in 2016. And the difference between modern sexism and maybe what we're used to thinking about which is, can women do the job? You know, can a woman be commander in chief? Do we trust that? Um, these aren't those questions. This is the, the stage past that, which is, we feel like a woman can do it. We're not really asking that, but we resent women who want to, or we resent that ambition. It makes us uncomfortable. And those numbers are really high, particularly among Southerners, men and women, white Southerners, men and women. And so we think that though it's an accomplishment to get past the traditional kind of attitudes towards women scale, which asks things like, can a woman do the job? that getting past that ushered in a new kind of sexism, which again is this resentment or distrust of women who decide to tackle that. And those numbers are really high and they cost Clinton a significant um, percentage of voters we project. And they, you know, I think we see that more and more when we ask questions about electability and these other women candidates. It's important to remember it's not men solely that hold modern sexist attitudes. It's a large percentage of white women as well. And when you're talking about Southern white men and white women here, you're particularly talking about not just those who reside in the South, but those who identify as Southern, so who have a Southern identity. Right. So 
most of the time, political scientists measure, well, all the time, political scientists measure the South by geography. And that makes sense. You know, we vote where we live. And so when you're predicting elections, you know, it doesn't matter, I guess, if people identify with a region, it matters if they live there. But Southern identity is a different beast. And the Republican Party choosing to really try to win Southern white voters meant that they had to tap into that Southern identity. And so when you look at the South, both as a place and as a identity structure, you see that there's a lot of people outside of the region who identify that way too. Now, maybe they used to live in the South. Maybe there's some aspect of the Confederacy that they, you know, hold some value in or place some value in. And we know we've got Confederate flags flying in Iowa and Ohio, and we've got Confederate statues all over the country. Um, so it's important, I think, to measure both. If you're talking about identity politics, you know, Southern identity and the Southern strategy, the long Southern strategy and the GOP's decision to play into that and kind of nationalize Southern white identity. Um, it's crucial to try to figure out what it is. Author Angie Maxwell being interviewed there on a program called Half Hour of Heterodoxy. And Maxwell, she received her Ph.D. in American Studies from the University of Texas at Austin, but currently is the Associate Professor of Southern Studies at the University of Arkansas. She also chairs the Diane D. Blair Center of Southern Politics. And that interview there, talking about her book that is available right now called The Long Southern Strategy, of which she helped Write that with Todd Shields. Now, the presidential race continues in the South, and you're seeing more and more of the contenders for president on the Democratic side, at least, find their way in Dixie. Over the last couple of days, I saw Beto O'Rourke was bouncing back between Mississippi and Arkansas. I saw him jogging at the Capitol Complex in Jackson, Mississippi. And then the next day, he was in Arkansas wearing a Razorback hat, probably calling the hogs, if I had to take a guess. He's trying to pick up some steam here after the tragedy in his native El Paso. And then I happened to see over the weekend the Democratic attenders, of course, most of the heavy hitters were in Atlanta attending something called the Black Church PACS Youth Leadership Conference. And we're going to go to that right now, held in Atlanta again over the weekend. Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, the senators from New England, were in the ATL attending this. Let's go in and hear first from Bernie and hear him talking about his role and what's going on with the black youth and such as he tries to get the Democratic nomination for the presidency. We have almost 400 million guns in this country. We have some 10 million assault weapons. That's the bad news. The good news is the American people are now prepared to stand up to the NRA, an NRA that has dominated gun legislation in Washington. So we have got to come together, and I think we all know what we have to do. We have to end the gun show loophole. We need to expand background checks. We need to end uh, the ability of people to buy guns legally and then sell them to criminal elements. And in my strong view, and I've held this view for 30 years, we need to end the sale and distribution of assault weapons in this country. 
They are designed to kill people. Now, your question is, how do we get to the root of violence and guns? Well, by having expanded background checks, that will help. But ultimately, we are going to have to get into the communities and make sure that we are investing in distressed communities that give young people the opportunity to look out into the future of their lives with hope and optimism. And that means pouring significant amounts of money into rebuilding our communities, giving kids the jobs and the education that they need. And we have education legislation that will, among other things, triple funding for Title I schools, making sure that kids have the mentors that they need so they don't fall through the cracks and get into trouble. To build the housing that we need and oppose the gentrification, which is throwing working class people out of the homes that they are living in. So to answer your question, if people are looking to their future, whether they're black or white or whoever, with hope and optimism, if they have education, they have decent jobs, they're not going to turn to drugs. They're going to turn to a better way of life, and that is the root cause of addressing the violence and guns that we see in the country. Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont speaking at the Black Church PAC's Youth Leadership Conference this past weekend in Atlanta. Other contenders for the Democratic nomination nomination were there, including Elizabeth Warren, the senator from the state of Massachusetts, the Oklahoma native, and she was there. Let's go hear what Senator Warren had to say to the Black Church PAC's Youth Leadership Conference. Can I sound just a little bit impatient here? I... I want you all to think about this. It's exactly as the Reverend Daughtry said. It's African-American women died about three times the rate of white women. And that's true when you adjust for everything, for education, for income, for neighborhood. Something bad is going wrong. And the idea that we say, well, we're going to raise awareness about this. I mean, I'm not opposed to raising awareness, but I want to see something real happen. And for me, that means money. So I want to see us put in the resources into the places that are treating black women, into the hospitals, into the doctors, into the community centers where they receive treatment. I want to see us put the money into the studies to figure out what's going wrong. This is literally a matter of life and death, and I'm way past let's raise awareness about this. I'm to the point of saying, let's do something about this. A clip from this past weekend of U.S. Senator Elizabeth Warren from the Commonwealth of Massachusetts speaking at the Black Church PAC's Youth Leadership Conference in Atlanta. And that'll wrap up our Southern Political Report here on this Tuesday edition. It will also wrap up our first hour of the All Southern Show. When we come back at the start of the second hour, we've got Sports Land Yap, a lot of college football news to pass along, including the hot new top 25 of college football heading into the first weekend of the season this very weekend, Miami and the Florida Gators. And we've got some news from the world of golf to get to as well. We've got your 30 contenders that will be participating in the Tour Championship at East Lake in Atlanta. That is ahead on Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. Plus, we've got the Barrister of Bodacious Barbecue coming on to talk a little Big 12 football and barbecue. This is Y'all.
Blue Star Medicated Ointment gets five-star reviews from our loyal users for fast relief of the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. Blue Star soothes insect bites and fungal infections. It really works on the summer rashes I get every year. I had psoriasis on my elbows. Blue Star worked wonders. Amazing stuff. Smear a bit on and the itch is gone. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. This is a cow. A cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. That's why Vistaprint is offering 500 truly personalized business cards starting at $9.99. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company. Or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. Get 500 business cards starting at $9.99 with promo code 8282. That's promo code 8282 at vistaprint.com. Vistaprint. Own the now. This is Shaq for Icy Hot, and I got a few words about pain. See, pain thinks it can overpower you, overwhelm you, but it obviously doesn't know you. You're not backing down from pain, because Icy Hot's got your back. Icy to dull pain, and hot to relax it away. So you can get back to running, throwing, kicking, swimming, cycling, CrossFit, you name it. Because pain does not get the final word. You do. Icy Hot. Rise from pain. Use as directed. Just a few years ago, Mozambique's Nyasa National Reserve in southern Africa was a danger zone for elephants. Organized gangs of poachers took them down by the thousands for their ivory tusks. Conservationists and governments got together to eliminate poaching. Today, Nyasa hasn't lost a single elephant in more than a year. With your support, we can keep places like Nyasa safe. Find out more at 96elephants.org. Hi, I'm your host, Smokey Colbert. Filling in for Smokey, because after 75 years of... Only you can prevent wildfires. Turns out there's much more to say. Nearly 90% of wildfires are caused by us humans being careless, dumping our used barbecue coals willy-nilly. Guess the song was wrong. We did start the fire. That's why I respect Mother Nature and her trees, whether coniferous or new car scented. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Another 60 Minutes of Southern Talk is locked and loaded and coming at you here. This is Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent with your gracious host, General John Rawl, the barrister of Bodacious Barbecues, standing by. He's coming on in the next segment to talk a little Q and Big 12 football. And, of course, he's also going to give us a whole dose of pork talk as we'll continue our discussion about all the options of little piggies when you go into the butcher shop. That's ahead in the later portion of today's Y'all Show. But right now, we start off this hour of the Y'all Show with Sports Lanyap. And we want to go right to the college football scene where the first football game of the season will take place Saturday night in Orlando. And we've got some history right now as we enter the new season. The Clemson Tigers are atop the AP preseason top 25 for the first time in the Tigers football history. Congratulations to Clemson. All the great teams going back to the 80s, the 90s. And, of course, here in the last couple of years, this is the first time CU in the Valley has been atop the preseason, at least, top 25 of the AP poll. And here is your AP top 25, starting with those Tigers. They are number one, 
The Alabama Crimson Tide checks in at number two, Georgia three, Oklahoma four, Ohio State is fifth. The LSU Tigers are number six. Michigan is at seven. The Florida Gators, who play this weekend, are at number eight. Notre Dame checks in at nine. The Texas Longhorns are at number 10. Oregon is at number 11. The Aggies of Texas A&M are at number 12. Washington is at 13. Utah is 14. The Penn State Nittany Lions are number 15. Auburn is at number 16. The Knights of UCF check in at 17. The Spartans of Michigan State are at 18. Wisconsin is at number 19. The Hawkeyes of Iowa are at 20. Their rival, Iowa State, is at 21. The Syracuse Orange are at 22. The Wazoo Washington State Cougars are at number 23. Nebraska, what a surprise there. The Nebraska Cornhuskers at number 24, and the Stanford Cardinal are at number 25. That is your preseason top 25 from the Associated Press. And, of course, this means nothing right now, but it will mean a whole lot as the season goes along. But, again, congratulations to the Clemson Tigers for being number one as the season gets ready to start. News out of Norman as Oklahoma coach Lincoln Riley has told officials that he's named senior transfer Jalen Hurts as OU's starting quarterback for the season opener. Hurts spent his first three years at Alabama where he was 26 and two as the Crimson Tide quarterback and then he transferred to Oklahoma here this year. He's a Houston area product and competed this offseason with redshirt freshman Tanner Mordecai and true freshman Spencer Rattler for the job. And the senior emerges victorious in his quest to be the starter for the Boomer Sooners. And, of course, he's got a lot of experience being the quarterback at Alabama. He had 23 career rushing touchdowns, a school record for an Alabama quarterback, and was responsible for 71 touchdowns, second best in Crimson Tide history. Oh, by the way, he has 7,600 offensive yards and 48 touchdown passes to his name. The OU Sooners open the season on Sunday, September 1st, hosting the Houston Cougars. So that'll be big-time news in Norman as this guy with a lot of experience. He comes in to be the starting quarterback, Jalen Hurts, of the Oklahoma Sooners. Congratulations to that youngster. Sunbelt Conference news. The Sunbelt Conference has announced their 2019 preseason all-conference football teams. And we have the list of first-team offensive players, including Zach Thomas of App State. He's the number one quarterback in the Sun Belt. He checks in on the first-team offense. Darrington Evans of App State is the running back on the first-team offense. B.J. Smith of Troy is another running back that made this team. App State's Corey Sutton at wide receiver. Kirk Merritt at Arkansas State is on the team. Jamarcus Bradley of the Louisiana Lafayette Raging Cajuns is a wide receiver on this team. Javonius Isaac of Arkansas State made it at tight end. And then your host of offensive linemen include Noah Hannon of App State, Victor Johnson of App State, Kevin Dodson of Louisiana Lafayette, Robert Hunt of Louisiana Lafayette, and Kirk Kelly of Troy. As far as defense for the Sunbelt Conference, Arkansas State's William King is a defensive lineman that made the first team. Forrest Merrill of Arkansas State, another defensive lineman. Defensive lineman Raymond Johnson of the Georgia Southern Eagles and Tyree Turner of the South Alabama Jaguars making it on the first team defense as defensive linemen. Linebackers from the conference include Akeem Gaither of App State, Jordan Fair of App State, and another linebacker, Brian London II of Texas State. And your four defensive backs on the first team include Desmond Franklin of Appalachian State, Jerry Jacobs of Arkansas State, 
Monquavian Brinson of Georgia Southern, and Kendall Vildor of the Georgia Southern Eagle. And as far as special teams go, Tyler Bass of Georgia Southern made the team, Brandon Wright of Georgia State, and Trey Mentor of South Alabama as a returner. There are your first team Sunbelt Conference honors. They're entering the season in just a few days. Another guy that just finished playing college football that's now a member of the Seattle Seahawks, not the best of news for Oxford, Mississippi native D.K. Metcalf, the former Mississippi Landshark player. He's going to have to have knee surgery, according to head coach Pete Carroll. And Coach Carroll said that he's got an injury to his knee that they found out after a couple of days. And it happened a few days back, so there's something. We're going to do some work on it this week and get back him, get him back in a hurry. That's at least the hope there for Metcalf of the now Seattle Seahawks, who took him early in the 2019 NFL draft. And we'll see if he's able to get on the field at all here in his rookie season. But he's going to have to have knee surgery. A guy who really, if you go back to last year, was out for a large part of the Mississippi Landsharks football season and expected to be a guy that can help Russell Wilson in the passing game out in Seattle if he is healthy. How about some news of golf, college golf that is. The Howard University Bison are going to bring back its golf teams for the first time in decades, and they're going to do this thanks to the help of NBA superstar Steph Curry. As Curry announced that he'll be financially supporting the Bison's golf team for the next six years, Howard is a historically black university, uh, HBCU in Washington, D.C., and they'll have both a men and women's golf team in place for the 2020 and 2021 season. Curry, a three-time NBA champ and two-time MVP with the Golden State Warriors, he actually attended the news conference at Howard on Monday. Howard competed in golf at the Division II level in the past, but the school had to disband golf teams somewhere in the 1970s. Curry attended the Davidson College Wildcats, and I think they've got golf at Davidson, but he's helping out here at Howard to try to get this Washington, D.C.-based school some golf love and we wish them well. By the way, Howard competes in the MEAC Conference of the Division One of ranks of the NCAA Howard with an enrollment there in Washington, D.C. of just over 10,000 students. Now to the world of the PGA Tour, and the Tour Championship is the last event on the 2019 schedule for the PGA Tour. And it starts Thursday, runs through Sunday at Eastlake in Atlanta, and only 30 golfers are allowed to participate. This is all based on the FedEx points. And we'll tell you who these 30 golfers are right now as we get ready for the final event again. And whoever walks away from this weekend, there's going to be two winners. The person that wins this actual tournament and then the person that wins the FedEx Cup. And that person gets close to a $10 million payday. The person that wins the Tour Championship gets well over a million. So a lot at stake here. Remember, it was this tournament last year. A guy named Tiger Woods actually won this thing, but didn't win the $10 million fun expense, fun payday there for him. Your 30 golfers participating in this, starting kind of at the bottom and working our way to the top, Bryson DeChambeau, Louis Oosthuizen, Charles Howell III, Jason Kokrak, Lucas Glover from South Carolina, Tommy Fleetwood out of England, Mark Leishman, who lives in Virginia, he's in there, Corey Connors, the Canadian, made it, Soon Jin Im is in there, Chez Ravi of the U.S. is in there, Paul Casey, the Englishman, he made it, Brant Snedeker is in the mix, Justin Rose, the gold medal winner, Kevin Kisner, the Georgia alum, and a 
Macon, South Carolina resident. He made it. Ricky Fowler, the beloved Ricky Fowler, is in the mix. And then as you get into the close to the top 10 of the golfers who are making their way up in the FedEx point, Tony Finau, who's been on a tear lately, he's in the mix. Gary Woodland is in it. The recent what did he win the u.s open i think adam scott the aussie and masters winner he's in the cut dustin johnson out of coastal carolina he's hovering around the top 10 hideki matsumiyama he's in right around the top 10 and then you get into your top six and one of my favorites john rom the spaniard he's in there xander shoffley also matt kuchar the georgia tech alum you have Webb Simpson, the North Carolinian. Abraham Answer is also right there around the top five. And your top five are Roy McElroy, number four, Patrick Reed, number three, Brooks Kepka, number two, the Stanford alum, Patrick Cantley, and number one, the Alabama alum and Louisville native, Justin Thomas, who is the odds-on favorite to walk away with the FedEx Cup. But a lot of these golfers I just mentioned, some may even be way down in the ranks right now, have a very minimal chance, but still a chance to walk away with the FedEx Cup if if everything goes well this weekend at East Lake. So that is a quick look at this final event, the Tour Championship, taking place this weekend. And that will wrap up our sports lanyap here on this Tuesday. When we come back, we've got the barrister, Bodacious Barbecue. He's got something to say about college football, I know. We'll talk to him about that before we get him to talk a little swine and all things barbecue. That's up next as the Y'all Show wraps up this Tuesday edition. Hang on. Blue Star Medicated Ointment gets five-star reviews from our loyal users for fast relief of the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. Blue Star soothes insect bites and fungal infections. It really works on the summer rashes I get every year. I had psoriasis on my elbows. Blue Star worked wonders. Amazing stuff. Smear a bit on and the itch is gone. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. This is a cow. A cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. That's why Vistaprint is offering 500 truly personalized business cards starting at $9.99. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company. Or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. Get 500 business cards starting at $9.99 with promo code 8282. That's promo code 8282 at vistaprint.com. Vistaprint. Own the now. This is Shaq for Icy Hot, and I got a few words about pain. See, pain thinks it can overpower you, overwhelm you, but it obviously doesn't know you. You're not backing down from pain, because Icy Hot's got your back. Icy to dull pain, and hot to relax it away. So you can get back to running, throwing, kicking, swimming, cycling, crossfit, you name it. Because pain does not get the final word. You do. Icy Hot. Rise from pain. Use as directed. Just a few years ago, Mozambique's Nyasa National Reserve in southern Africa was a danger zone for elephants. Organized gangs of poachers took them down by the thousands for their ivory tusks. Conservationists and governments got together to eliminate poaching. Today, Nyasa hasn't lost a single elephant in more than a year. With your support, we can keep places like Nyasa safe. Find out more at 96elephants.org.
Oh, it's the Y'all Show, where we talk about all things Southern, the show about Dixie. John Rawl back here with you. I looked up at the calendar on the wall. It says August 20th, which means we are in game week mode. We are always are in game week mode here on the Y'all Show, but in college football, we're in game week mode. Hello, this is the Y'all Show Barbecue Barrister Report. We got Matt Hearman standing by to talk barbecue, but up first, Matt, happy college football to you, sir. Man, happy college football to you. I love it. That's Man, it's the best time of the year. Well, we got a game Saturday evening, the Florida Gators and the Miami Hurricanes getting together in Orlando. Your thoughts on that matchup before I get your thoughts on the Big 12? Yeah, uh, so my thoughts are, first of all, uh, thank God football is back. And, uh, yeah, that's a pretty cool game to start off with. Um, you know, you've got two programs, uh, obviously, with the quite a bit of history uh, florida certainly has uh, had its ups and downs uh in recent history uh fallen from kind of a, a pretty lofty perch there miami's actually had some success uh recently on the field neither one of them probably to the level that they think they they should but i anticipate this being a man, it's a cool game to start off with i mean first of all florida miami usually don't get a, a nice kind of historic uh rivalry game like that first week uh, or at least at this time of year uh first week so uh, i'm pretty pumped i would uh i would probably give miami the uh, the edge in this game just before uh, you know florida's got to florida's got to do something and show that they can play a little offense or something uh, so should be a good game um, I anticipate a pretty, uh, fairly low scoring game, particularly it's early in the season, but, uh, Florida, Miami, pretty cool way to start the season. If I had to pick one, I'd probably pick the Canes. Well, the U with the new coach and Manny Diaz, a guy who's been an assistant right. coach all over the place State. at Mississippi right. State at Texas, your thoughts on what he might be able to do in his first season in Coral Gables. Oh man. Well, he is, Manny Diaz is quite a character, not only just uh, personality wise, but he runs a particular kind of defense that, uh, very aggressive, uh, a lot of blitzing. I mean, he kind of be out of control at times, which makes for some exciting defense. He likes turnovers, um, likes confusing offenses quite a bit. This is not a, uh, you know, stand your ground Alabama, uh, or, uh, you know, kind of traditional, three yards in a cloud of dust, shut down the run, cover the pass type uh, defense that Diaz runs. He, he runs a, a totally different kind of deal, which is kind of exciting. People don't like watching defense sometimes. Manny, Def- uh, Manny Diaz defense can be <laughs> exciting because it's confusing, and sometimes you don't know what's going on. The key is for the players to actually know what's going on. So um, I think it'll be I think it'll be interesting. I mean, you've got what you're going to have is a new defensive uh minded coach almost a defensive coordinator that's basically been his job description up until now but um really smart defensive guy versus a uh, a florida offense that has certainly had issues over the last few years um so it'll be interesting to me i i, I think i think that uh, diaz defense takes a little bit of time to learn so i think it'll be interesting to see how that goes but florida uh, not not a team that you've thought of to drop 40 points on you at any moment in time, at least the last few years. So uh, it'll be cool to see. And, um, you know, expect some turnovers, expect some confusion, and, you know, uh, some growing pains with, uh, with the Manny Diaz coach defense. Yep. I've got to stump the barrister. I, I think I can stump him here, but maybe you can prove me wrong. Do you know where Manny Diaz went to college, sir? Oh, man. 
no Manny. Uh, yeah, I think you. I think you got me. I, was, I thought it was going to be a coaching question. I would have been good there, but no, no, I don't know. I don't think he played, but he went to college at Florida State University. Oh well, so you got Miami, Florida, and then he got a Noel grad. Wow, yeah. that's uh, you got you got the full slate of Florida going on there. That's yes, pretty you do. Yes, interesting, you do. interesting. And it was just announced, as we said it on Monday's y'all show, that Florida and the Miami Hurricanes are going to get together in a couple of years in a home and home series. So excited about that! These two programs haven't really got together a lot over the last two decades, but boy, back in the seventies and going back before then some heated battles between the canes and uf but that is this weekend it's florida miami from orlando and barrister are you going to have something on the grill in preparation for this game (laughs) you know it it's just a matter of what it's just a matter of what type of animal i decide to devour this weekend maybe maybe a gator or perhaps an ibis you know you know, uh, I've never had ibis. I've had. <laughs> I've never. I'm not sure. If, I'm not sure. I might give it a shot. Uh, not a whole lot of meat on those things. I don't think. But uh, I would. Uh, somebody gave me one. I'd smoke it. No, I, I do like gator though. Gator tail can be fantastic. Mm. Done right. All right. Well, that is exciting times. And again, if you don't really get into it big this weekend, I know you've got plans for Labor Day weekend with the start of everybody else playing yeah. college football. Yeah, that's kind of the kind of the traditional start um, weekend for sure. Yeah, I plan on, um, you know, Labor Day weekend is obviously a holiday, but for, for those of us who love college football, it's, it's kind of two holidays in one. You got Labor Day and then you got kind of the official big time start of college football. And um, they're both pretty cool, both pretty important and a great Usually a great three-day weekend to fire up the smoker and uh, quench your thirst and have a good time. We're talking to the barbecue barrister, Matt Hermans, on this Tuesday. Y'all talk with a southern accent. We're getting you ready for college football, but we're going to also go through what's left over of the pig when you go down to your butcher shop. We still haven't got through all the parts of a pig we'll get to in the next segment, but while we're talking a little gridiron with the barbecue barrister, hey, this is just my opinion, but I do headlines of college sports every day here on the Y'all Show, and Mr. Hermans, barrister, I I would say this has been a pretty non-eventful last couple of months. This offseason hasn't been all that dramatic, in my opinion, in college football at least. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. There hasn't been any big, uh, you know, controversy, hadn't been any big breaking stories. I mean, the coaching uh, situation was, uh, that seems like ancient history now that we're about to kick off. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't mind it. I mean, there hasn't, you know, there hasn't been anybody – talking about remaking the playoff system or, you know, you know, writing checks to football players yet. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, in my opinion, uh, it's kind of nice, you know, hey, it's been to not hear about that. Of course, ESPN is usually kind of the driving force on yeah. that. I haven't really watched ESPN. Well, the but, ESPN, yeah. the, also known as the NBA channel. <laughs> that's, that's absolutely right. Yeah, it's the NBA channel for sure. And then uh, – then once college football gets started, then it's the, uh, you know, how can we change and dismantle college football channel? Yeah. So, yeah, which, you know, hey, I guess I gave away my, my perspective. Yeah, well, here, they're, they're the NBA channel, while NBC, specifically NBC Sports, is the football channel. And I'm not talking about our kind of football. No, no, you're right. It's, it's Yeah, but it, it can be the Notre Dame channel too, right? Well, that, yeah. but they have all these... <laughs> idiotic english premier league soccer matches going on you're talking on. about football with a u yeah something like that yeah 
where I, where I live, um, yeah, you got a lot of that too. And, and usually like South American teams and stuff like that. So I don't know. I don't have to watch a whole lot of TV, uh, or sporting events until Labor Day. And then it gets good for me. Yeah. Well, you're, you're in good shape. Hey, let's talk a little Big 12 because you're our Big 12 go-to guy, barbecue barrister. And we know that, of course, Texas, Oklahoma competed for the Big 12 championship in 2018. Any big changes? Uh, we've got a veteran quarterback coming for the Longhorns this year. And Oklahoma is going to have a, a guy that's, a veteran but not necessarily in norman what do you think who's going to get the better of the two quarterbacks between ou and ut yeah that's a good question i think um i think that kind of is the question of the whole football season as far as the big 12 conference goes and um you know i, I am uh i uh i have no connection to either one of those schools i, I do i think it's interesting that um that uh, Jalen Hurts goes from crimson to crimson, which is kind of funny. It's just kind of a favorite color. I, I think, uh, you know, I don't know. I like I like Sam Ellinger. He's going to be the starter for Texas, uh, obviously. Uh, I'm a fan of his. He play. The funny thing is, when we talk about these two quarterbacks, is that they're kind of similar um, in a lot of ways. It sounds weird, but uh, they are both kind of stoutly built, strong guys, pretty athletic. Uh, not speed burners by any means, uh, but, you know, athletic enough to get the job done, uh, short yardage, and certainly can take the ball uh, long distance as well. So athletic, strong, not not lanky, not speedsters, but powerfully built. You know, either one of them could probably be a linebacker if you spent, you know, you know a summer in the weight room. So they're similar on that front. Uh, I think Ellinger has a little bit of an advantage as far as accuracy goes and making maybe making pr- progressions. I know that his playbook at Alabama um, is going to be a fond memory for him because that that Lincoln Riley playbook at Oklahoma is going to require uh, just a lot more uh, thought process, a lot more quick progressions. I mean, there's going to be two, three, four, five receivers, uh, five options to go through, as opposed to the you know largely play action and kind of bootleg maybe two options maybe at alabama just because they didn't need to uh so lincoln riley plays a whole different kind of offense and i think maybe i think there's probably bound to be some growing pains there just because his brain's going to be i mean his mind is going to be wheeling uh, at a high rate of speed i'm sure riley's smart guy I'm sure he's going to probably tone it down a little bit but you can't tone it down to the Alabama playbook at Oklahoma. They don't do things that way. So I would have to, if I had to make a pick, I, I like Ellinger. I like the way he, I like his accuracy. I like his arm. I like his athleticism. I like his toughness. Um, I think uh, I, I would probably roll the dice with, with Ellinger, although I do like Hurts. All right. Well, those Longhorns are going to be battling for the state championship of Louisiana to get the season started. Their first game against the Bulldogs of Louisiana Tech. That at DK our stadium there in austin on the 40 acres and then up next the second game for texas this year the lsu tigers roll into austin mm-hmm. for a really big matchup there at dkr yeah. so pretty big matchup in week two for the horns huge yeah huge i mean that's a kind of a uh, that's one of the premier, premier non-conference games i would say of this year so that should be a great game uh you know the I like LSU um, quite a bit. I think uh, this is kind of, in a lot of ways, it's maybe kind of strength on strength. I think, uh, you know, Texas, I think, is going to have a pretty pretty uh, 
formidable defense this year. I think the offense is going to be good enough to get some things done. LSU, <laughs> the LSU Tigers is basically the LSU defense uh, with uh, <laughs> with the with the occasional, sometimes seemingly accidental score um, time to time. So I don't know. I think it could be a really good matchup. Be you know, as much as Texas uh, Longhorn fans don't want to hear it, uh, DKR is, is not a formidable road venue. It's not terribly loud. And uh, but and I think LSU will, will you know probably uh, take up you know thirty forty percent of that stadium. Um, so it will not be some scary horrible place to go. Even though it seats a hundred thousand people, it will. So that's not going to be it. I just think it's going to be two very good defenses clashing on the field. And I do think Texas will have a good defense. I think uh, uh, you know, hey, it's going to be a it's going to be a heck of a matchup. I mean, I think it'll be a three point game either way. Uh, but, yeah, it should be one of the premier matchups of the non-conference season. Well, if you're a Longhorn fan and you don't want to go to that rather quiet stadium there in Austin <laughs> and you want to go to a little bit more exuberant place, go to NRG Stadium in Houston because the Horns are going to be traveling there. Oh, oof, you got me. You're, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's another place the Longhorns will represent uh, very well, though. For September sure. 14th, the Horns and the Rice Owls get together at NRG Stadium. You're, are you saying there's going to be more Horns fan than Owl fans there? <laughs> I was about to jump in and say, now that, I'm not saying there's not going to be more Horns fans than Austin. Of course there will, but LSU always represents. But no, the uh, uh, the Longhorns will, will probably have the majority there in Houston over the Owl fans, you know, I, just a guess. Okay. Hey, let's talk about Oklahoma State. They have kind of been forgotten in some circles because of how good Oklahoma has been. And Oklahoma State always seems to shoot themselves in the foot with Pistol Pete's gun when it really comes down <laughs> to it. So are they going to be an improved team here in 2019? I do. I think so. I think, uh, you know, we've obviously we've talked about um, the upper, you know, the top tier, I guess, which is Oklahoma, Texas, which is not terribly different from any other year. But uh, I think you've got tier two after that. You probably got Oklahoma State and maybe TCU. Um, TCU was terrible last year. What happened? They there? were. They, they were terrible last year. And I am no, certainly no TCU apologist. Uh, but. They suffered uh, the most incredible amount of injuries uh, mm. that I think I've ever seen a major Division One program suffer, um, which is kind of amazing. I've never really seen it. I mean, I've seen some injury-laden seasons, but they have lost. They lost seemingly everyone <laughs> from both sides of the ball, uh, which you know obviously translated into a terrible season. A season that they fought hard and lost close games, but uh, you know, obviously not the kind of season they they seem to expect there in Fort Worth over the last few years. So I just think that that won't happen twice. And I think that uh, they do have some talent on defense. They do have some talent on offense. And if they can keep folks healthy, I think they have a chance to be in that second tier along with Oklahoma State, who I think will be be improved as well. Oklahoma State's had some quarterback uh, issues over the last couple of years, which is not something – Oklahoma State usually struggles with, um, but uh, they have the big kid from Amarillo. I'm not uh, drawing a blank on the guy's name, of course, now that we're talking, but uh, not not exactly the arm you want at Oklahoma State. You really need a guy that can get the ball down the field. He just couldn't do that. So Gundy, uh, Mike, pardon me, Mike Gundy uh, is, I think, a heck of a coach. I think he's going to bounce back. I think they're going to be more potent on offense this year. Um 
And I think uh, that, yeah, they're, they're solidly in that second tier, maybe top four along with TCU. And, of course, Texas and Oklahoma at the top. But, yeah, eight wins maybe, bowl game for sure. All right. I would say. Well, we'll have more conversation on the other Big 12 teams when we get back together as we get closer to kickoff. We need to know more about the West Virginia Mountaineers of 2019. The Red Raiders have a new coach here entering the season. We'll find out what's going on in Lubbock with the Barrister. We'll find all that out next week because, hey, we got to go to a break here on the Y'all Show. When we come back, we got to switch over and talk instead of Big 12, Big Barbecue. That is the topic of the day. And we've got some more discuss with the Matt, the Barrister, about pork. And when you go down to your local butcher, what is what does this stuff mean? We'll find out when we come back and wrap up today's Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. This is a cow. A cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. That's why Vistaprint is offering 500 truly personalized business cards starting at $9.99. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company. Or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. Get 500 business cards starting at $9.99 with promo code 8282. That's promo code 8282 at vistaprint.com. Vistaprint. Own the now. Blue Star medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalp itch. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. We got 24 tall boys on the chill. Yeah, 14 of them's mine. A little Marshall Tucker on the radio. You know we just catch a little groove before the show. We ain't playing nothing slow at the parking lot party. A tailgate buzz just a sipping on suds ain't ever too early to light one up, fill up your cup. Cause I ain't no party like Party at the parking lot party. 
We are back. It is y'all, and this is the show all about the South. We've got the barbecue barrister on with us here as we wrap up a Tuesday edition. Matt Hereman's kind enough to stick through the break with us. And we have been now on a month-long odyssey with the barrister, talking about going down to your local butcher shop, and you go in there and you see things up on the wall that maybe might be a little confusing for you. Like, for example, if you go in there and you're looking to buy some beef products, what exactly is chuck roast? What exactly is round steak or minute steak? Those are the beef options. And then there's a whole lot of pork options when you go down to your local beef, to your local butcher. And we had to find out what country sausage, what that really means. What the heck is a pork steak? And last week, we had to continue on our discussion of talking all things pork with the barrister. And we didn't get done talking about pork items at the local butcher shop. So we're back here to talk that and more with the barbecue barrister. Last week, we talked a lot about bacon. And he says he likes his bacon thick. Has that changed in the last week? <laughs> no, that is not true. That hasn't changed in 20 years. Okay. Only 20 years. <laughs> so when you came out of the womb, you were all like, oh, I want my bacon thin. Oh, man, I'm not that young. I'm just thinking about, uh, you know, when I started uh, – you know, developing my high level meat uh you snobbery know, pre- I call preferences it. yeah that's that's we'll go with that that sounds okay yeah all right so you like your <laughs> you're like that bacon so thick that I, I don't even know what kind of skillet what kind of skillet do you use when you have bacon that thick well i mean cast iron for sure uh, i will say uh you know oven bacon underrated very nicely done that way all right how does Honestly. that work yeah, so uh, I was a skeptical adopter of the um, oven bacon. So, uh, you know, you typically think of bacon, you think of uh, cooking in the skillet, of course, and then you got the bacon grease, you do whatever you want with that. But a lot of people do it in the microwave. I grew up, I think uh, my dad used to do it in the microwave. It's quick. And it works okay. Get your bacon crispy. Uh, I am, I've been totally converted to the oven method of cooking bacon and you know, it is it consists of, you know, what it sounds like taking a sheet tray, a nonstick, you know, a baking sheet you cook cookies on or something like that and laying your bacon out kind of as you would on a, any, any other method and just putting it in there and cooking it at about 400 degrees for as long as, as crispy as you like it. Uh, I feel like it comes out very evenly. You know, the heat is perfectly even in an oven or it you know, should be in a properly functioning oven. So, you know, you get good cook, you get nice rendered fat, and I tend to be one of these. This is the like the Civil War of bacon, but I tend to come down on the not crispy side of the bacon universe. I like my bacon. I like the fat rendered on it, but I like it soft, a little bit on the chewy side, and I do not like it crispy. Um, I know people are going to recoil. Half the population will recoil in, in horror, and the other half will say, like, oof, man. Thank God I'm not the only one. Well, so, uh, it's the Civil War bacon, so obviously, obviously, you're the northern Yankee side, <laughs> whoa, whoa, and the whoa, rest whoa. of us are Confederates here. No, no, no. I disagree. I think the crispy stuff is for the uh, for the uh, the Yankees up there, you know. It's crisp. It's brittle, you know. It's very uh, very uh, easily broken, you know. I don't know. So, anyway, that's my, uh, that's my perspective on, on bacon. But, yeah, try it in the oven. Okay. What very, about, very what, what about the fat? When you cook it in an oven, is it less fat, less fatty? Uh, no, no, it's it's about the same. I mean, anytime anytime you cook bacon, uh, you're going to get bacon fat. I mean, 
if you it's in the microwave, it's going to run off onto the plate or in your little your, down between the teeth of your little bacon cooker that people use. Cooking the cast iron skillet is going to pile up, um, you know, just turn into liquid, obviously. And then if you cook it in the oven, if you've got a, a cookie sheet or something like that, it's going to do the same thing. It's going to pool up and you'll have it there to use for whatever you choose to use it for. So it's all the same that way. I just think it, cook, it tends to cook more evenly it gives you kind of an even cook on the bacon yeah well matt i got a very important question since you're kind of our right. martha stewart here on the y'all show uh-oh 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 and speaking of celebs i are a redneck so jeff foxworthy <laughs> is my hero and when i was cooking bacon a good bit a couple of years ago i'm not doing it quite as much now because i'm kind of watching my figure uh-huh, but uh-huh. when i was cooking bacon the question is sir barrister i have a question Yes, what, what do you do with that fat, with that fat that comes off that bacon or any other products when you're cooking it? What do you do with it? Yeah, well, that's a heck of a good question. I'll tell you I what like, the redneck in yeah. me did with it. What is that? What is that? I found containers like salsa jars, empty salsa jars, and I, pour, uh-huh. I poured it in there and then cut the, and then put the top back on extremely tight because there's few things worse than the smell of old grease. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. I mean, it might be tasty, but yeah, you probably don't want to smell it. You don't want anything getting in there. No, you yeah. don't. That's why I had it in a, like a salsa jar that you could have yeah. it really airtight. So but what do you do, professional yeah, barrister? That, that is, um, that is awesome thing about about bacon too is you get the little side effect of the grease so um i like to there's a lot of different things i don't first of all the obvious is you can make gravy but if you're not going to make gravy uh and you want to save it what i like to do what i have done before is coat a different kind of meat with uh, bacon grease it adds a level of flavor that you might not see so for instance, I may use a if I'm going to smoke or cook a pork tenderloin, I may take uh, instead of coating it with an oil because a lot of times uh, if you're going to cook a piece of meat, put it on the smoker, or even if you're just going to cook it or roast it inside. Uh, a lot of recipes call for well, not a lot of recipes, but a lot of people who do what I do like to coat your meat with an oil with a fat, kind of keep some of the moisture inside of it even if it's a rack of ribs if it's a pork shoulder those are different things but any kind of meat that particularly if you're going to cook it low and slow for a long period of time and we are talking barbecue uh it needs you know i think it can benefit from a layer of of oil or fat or grease uh in order to a make the rub stick and b just to kind of coat that we all know what oil feels so you coat the meat it kind of keeps that moisture in that's kind of what people use different oily products for so I like to add a layer of flavor to my pork shoulder or my ribs or a pork tenderloin or even a chicken. Um, if you want to put some bacon grease under the skin and cook the chicken, there's nothing it cannot add delicious flavor to. Um, and so that's typically what I use it for is to, is to grease up a piece of meat before I put rub on it to add that extra layer of flavor or to keep something moist like a whole chicken, maybe stick some, like you, some people would put butter slices under the skin of a whole chicken they're going to roast or smoke, I would put uh, maybe some bacon grease under there because why not? So what would you have done to store that bacon grease? Oh, yeah, no, your idea is great. Yeah, you, you, uh, you might want to strain it. I would say strain it through a strainer uh, if you have little chunks of things, and mm. especially if you fried something else in there, you know, run it through a, a colander or a little um, mesh strainer and then put it in a Mason jar, absolutely. In fact, it's uh, sometimes it's easier to use when it's cold, and uh, 
and he's especially easier to kind of uh, put under the skin of another animal maybe you're trying to cook with but no that works perfectly okay. fine you want to keep it cold because it'll be liquid at yeah. It depends on how warm it is in your house. It'll be liquid at room temperature if it's warm. Right. Well, I just know you don't want to pour that stuff down your sink, right? No, no, definitely not. Absolutely not. And you probably don't want to go put it in the trash can outside, and varmin will find well, it's, their way to it if given a choice. There's no doubt about it. They will love it. Yeah, but definitely don't put it down your sink. It's not good. It, it'll, you'll end up, put it this way, you'll end up calling a plumber down the line. <laughs> probably sooner <laughs> than later. All right, yeah. that is our bacon tidbits here with you. Now, let's talk about another option at the local butcher shop, pork ribs. What is that? Yeah, pork ribs. Well, it's the best thing in the world. I mean, you want a more, you want a better explanation than that, though, I'm, I'm guessing. So, uh, the pork rib is, uh, in my opinion, the king of Southern-style barbecue. People would uh, say whole hog. Some people would say pork shoulder. I can't argue with any one of those, but for my money, it is a pork rib. Um, and there are a couple different varieties. There is a spare rib, mm-hmm. and there is a baby back rib. We have talked about country-style ribs in the past as well, and those will just leave that there those are not ribs right. <laughs> they're called ribs but they're not ribs so you've got spare ribs that are lower down on the animal they're longer they're flatter you got uh baby back ribs that are higher up towards the actual spine of the rib which is why they're curved so the number one the the goal in order if you want to find out what type of rib you're looking at particularly if you're at a grocery store um if, if the if the rib has a curve where you can essentially sit the rib down on the counter and stick your hand under it that intense curve is always going to designate this as a baby back rib, and it is usually going to be not as far across. The ribs are not as long. Meaty rib, but it's going to have that intense curve. A spare rib is going to be flatter. It's going to be generally a larger piece of meat, and it's just going to look different. So you can stick somebody out, something over it. If you can run a matchbox car under the rib <laughs> like a like a tunnel, then you're looking at baby backs, and they're a little bit different. You know, they come from a different part of the the rib cage, obviously, but they taste a little bit different. Baby backs tend to be a little bit more meaty, uh, a little bit leaner. Uh, spare ribs a little bit fattier, and uh, they can also be meaty, but they. Uh, they cook differently. They taste different, in my opinion. Um, you know, a spare rib cooked really well is going to have almost a – it doesn't taste like bacon, but it's fattier to the extent that you're going to have that pork fat flavor that you would associate bacon with. Um, it tends to lend itself a little bit better to a, a savory rub, in my opinion, than a baby bag. Uh, not quite as fatty, uh, can be more tender, although both should be very tender if they cook properly, and meaty. And the baby backs, in my opinion, go very well with a sweet glaze, a sweet sauce, and a sweet rub. Although you can do it either way. I just think the the, uh, the nature of the ribs kind of go that way. The texture can be a little bit different um, as well. So those are your two main ribs, your baby backs, which are also called loin backs, and then your spare ribs, which are uh, either whole spares or their St. Louis cut. Those are both spare ribs, though. And it was last week, I think, you confessed that rib choices are kind of like choosing between your children. <laughs> yeah, except more difficult. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, yeah, it's uh, it's hard. It's hard to uh, – some people will swear by baby backs. Others will swear by spares. I probably – I'm probably a spare guy, but the thing is, I love both of them so much that, you know, I would, I would hate to, I choose both. How about that? Okay. Cain and Abel. All right. That's right. Let's talk about like a pork steak. What the heck is that? Pork steak is a sliced 
piece of the pork shoulder uh, and usually relatively thin slice. So the shoulder is the large piece of meat that is literally on the the uh, almost said the porks again the pig's shoulder so if you think of a pig standing there you know uh, looking at you uh, it's right at the top of literally the shoulder kind of up towards the back and this is a large piece of meat an entire pork shoulder consists of the boston butt and then the picnic which kind of goes down towards the arm it's kind of the lower uh, the lower part of the shoulder but the whole thing is a shoulder and pork steak is simply a sliced piece of this uh, type of meat. Usually, it can also be there's such thing as a ham steak, which is also technically a pork steak, but a ham steak is a little bit different than a pork steak because a pork steak is the shoulder and a ham steak is the ham, which is the, uh, you know, the uh, rumpus area of the pig. So um, generally, when you have a pork steak, yeah, it's a thinly sliced piece of meat coming from the shoulder area. Um, usually, not the consistency of a steak that you would imagine coming off a cow. Um, usually it's cut quite a bit thinner. It can be a little tough. You, you kind of want to tenderize it and you want to marinate it in something, uh, but it can be real good. It can almost have, if you marinate it correctly or, or sometimes they're even cured, it can have almost a hammy, uh, kind of a combo between a ham and a pork chop type texture, but, uh, kind of a, kind of a cool piece of meat, not, not, not a piece of meat that you see a lot, but I, I happen to like it. And as we wrap up our dialogue with you about pork, pork cutlets, where do we find that? What does that taste like? Uh, pork cutlet—that's kind of a general term, but usually your pork cutlet is going to be a piece of the loin um, that's been flattened out. So, for instance, when we think of uh, a cutlet, you think of a veal cutlet or a chicken cutlet, a pork cutlet. I mean, there's such thing as a beef cutlet. What you what you're generally referring to is a piece of lean and tender meat that's kind of pounded out flat that way you can usually fry it in a pan or make a schnitzel out of it or make uh something something crispy that way so uh usually going to be a pounded out flat piece of the loin or it's going to be a piece of the tenderloin and of course the tenderloin is is um kind of the the most tender part of the pig but uh, yeah a pork cutlet not 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 too shabby fried or sauteed or cooked in a pan um pretty good another pretty cool piece of pig well again this has just been some of our discussion about going down to your local butcher shop and we've been talking about this for a month now and if you missed some of our discussion from past weeks go to y'all.com dig up our archives and go back to the tuesdays over the last month and you'll be able to discover more about what all or options are available at your local butcher shop we started out with beef and then we spent three weeks talking about pork is that a fair assumption sir is that a fair equality for beef versus pork yeah, I would say so. I'm a pig guy, so that sounds just right to me. So 75% of your attention goes toward pork. It sounds like. <laughs> yeah, pretty, may, maybe even more, but yeah, no, that's about right. All right. That's about accurate, yeah. Well, Matt, have a great weekend as you get ready for the start of college football. We look forward to catching up with you again next week, sir. I can't wait. Happy football season to everybody out there. All right, Matt Hermans, our barrister of Bodacious Barbecue. Well, that will wrap up our Tuesday, y'all. Hey, on Wednesday, we'll be on the road, so we will not have an original episode out to our radio affiliates. We'll just put up a encore for you. We'll be back in the saddle Thursday with an all-new show on the road, and we'll tell you where that is when you tune in on Thursday to the show that's all about the South. This is y'all.
This is Shaq for Icy Hot, and I got a few words about pain. See, pain thinks it can overpower you, overwhelm you, but it obviously doesn't know you. You're not backing down from pain, because Icy Hot's got your back. Icy to dull pain, and hot to relax it away. So you can get back to running, throwing, kicking, swimming, cycling, CrossFit, you name it. Because pain does not get the final word. You do. Icy Hot. Rise from pain. Uses directed. Just a few years ago, Mozambique's Nyasa National Reserve in Southern Africa was a danger zone for elephants. Organized gangs of poachers took them down by the thousands for their ivory tusks. Conservationists and governments got together to eliminate poaching. Today, Nyasa hasn't lost a single elephant in more than a year. With your support, we can keep places like Nyasa safe. Find out more at 96elephants.org.